Dr. Kevin Hardigan, you're the social justice theologian with the Jesuit Centre for Faith and Justice over here in Gardner Street in the bowels of Gardner Street Church, looking out on the garden here. You're also um, a Presbyterian elder in your own church. And we're talking today about Advent because you have this, th- this theory of Advent as a time of contradictions. So hit me with your first contradiction. The first contradiction is uh, between darkness and light. If you think about Christmas as it's widely practiced in Ireland, the kind of the big festival that we complain begins earlier and earlier every year. That's all about light and triviality and about having a good mood. Uh, It's the happiest time of the year. Advent is the Christian season that's embedded within that kind of secretly hidden away. It begins in the darkness. And that's, for me, a critical distinction because uh, the wider Christmas, the best it can provide is optimism. Advent is all about hope, which is a different beast altogether, much more robust, much more realistic. So let's look at that distinction. I mean, what do we mean by that virtue of hope? I mean, we say in ordinary language, hope it'll be a good day tomorrow, hope I win the lotto. The Christian virtue of hope a bit different, maybe? Yeah, um, as I understand it, optimism is all about um, the expectation that circumstances will be good. If we're optimistic about the future, we're we're anticipating a situation where the external factors in our life would align positively. Hope is a different thing. We can have hope even in the midst of the most dire of circumstances. We've all probably met people like that whose lives have faced real challenges and obstacles the like of which we wouldn't wish on our worst enemy. And yet they wake every morning with this renewed commitment to live the life that they have. And that realism, that commitment to trust in the goodness of life and the goodness of life's creator, even in the midst of negative external circumstances, is the hallmark, I think, of Christian hope. Uh, ours is a crucifixion uh, faith. It's a Good Friday faith. So it, it doesn't say everything around us looks awful, therefore despair. It's at that darkest moment that we can be confident that God will meet us there. You also talk about the difference between happiness and joy. Again, this is um, perhaps a, a subtle distinction that can be helpful for people at this time of year. I often think of that wider Christmas festival as like the easy uh, takeaway food that we can order on an exhausted Friday evening. Tasty, cheap and ultimately not satisfying. It, if we were to habitually eat that, uh, our our health would be, it would suffer pretty seriously. And Advent is uh, the much more difficult but ultimately much more sustainable practice of nourishment. Um, when we think about happiness and joy in that, in that kind of key, we're able to see that happiness, again, is all about the external circumstances. It's a temporary and passing experience, whereas joy is, again, a thing that we can experience in the midst of great hardship, great difficulty, even great grief. And, and the classic frame that C.S. Lewis gives us Joy is the longing for the very good thing that we cannot yet reach, but we're certain we have hope we will get. So its definition is um, in terms of reaching for what we're ultimately created for. Happiness is much closer to temporary pleasure. Does that make sense? Yeah, it does. And I'm thinking, though, of, say, somebody listened to this who maybe has lost a loved one. Christmas is a very difficult time. It seems to bring back, you know, more poignantly the sense of loss. Um, 
and, and Advent, you know, the waiting time, people who are suffering with mental illness. I mean, the the contrast for me are it's a very busy time. There's a lot of bustle and hustle and yet people can feel really alone. How, how do you feel joy in the middle of that if you're in those kind of places? The answer to that question is long and complex and it involves the spiritual practices, for example, commitment to the Ignatian practice of the examine over days, weeks, months, that can add up to uh, self-awareness and a, a reflexivity within our soul. Maybe you'd say a word about what the examine is. It's an Ignatian spiritual tradition uh, that ultimately um, guides us to recognise where God is active in our life. So the first thing that we uh, seek to do in the examine is to take a moment to see where God has been present. Then we give thanks as a result of that. Uh, the third step is to review the day, uh, thinking about it, weighing up the day in terms of the things that we're grateful for and the things we wish we could have done differently. And that invariably leads us to face our shortcomings. And uh, the last step of the exam is then to anticipate the day that's coming next. So it's um, very close, I suppose, to the contemporary idea of mindfulness, but it roots us in the moment and opens us up to the ongoing continuous interaction that exists between us and God. Ignatius thought that prayer was really important. He said to the Jesuits, if you never prayed anything, don't give up on the examine. And it only takes about 15 minutes, but it can be very powerful. And as you say, it can root people in this Advent time because it's taking a pause, just a pause, either midday or at, at night time to become aware and to reflect over our lives. Very powerful. Yeah, and I think that that uh, sense of being rooted is really important for those of us who find Christmas difficult for the reasons that you've alluded to already. If Christmas brings back these traumatic memories, if Christmas evokes disappointment in you, then that can smother us. It can be all-encompassing. Grief can just be like a tsunami that covers us. And the spiritual practices, whether it's examine or uh, some of the other uh, traditions of prayer that Christian spirituality offers, by plugging us into our own soul and our engagement with the world, it gives us a different register in which to engage with our lives. Um, so there's that contrast between the uh, ubiquitous constant noise and distraction of wider Christmas and then our own personal traumas and difficulties that are very adventy in their darkness and they're waiting for something new from the outside. Um, Christian spirituality, I think, becomes its own in that tension there. And another tension, then, as you say, that adventy, is that sometimes when we think that nothing is happening, we're waiting, that waiting means a lot could be happening even though you don't think it is. Indeed, we, uh, in our in 21st century thinking, we hear the word waiting, we imagine cues, we imagine empty time. But in fact, Advent is all about time coming to its fullness. Um, you know, that's a scriptural phrase to describe both the incarnation in terms of the long-awaited hope of Israel and then also in terms of Jesus' own ministry, it wasn't until the hour was full that things really kicked into motion. So waiting and um, the hibernation time in our lives these are absolutely essential for the fertile and explosive growth that's going to come next so god is present to us maybe perhaps most vividly in his absence because we wouldn't sense his absence had he not first been present to us so when we feel in the harsh dreadful 
long night of the soul as if God has moved further away from us. That's a very clear reminder that God remains present to us paradoxically because we wouldn't have had the sense of distance had we not also the experience of intimacy. I think we call it prevenient grace. <laughs> <I'm>, <laughs> I am happy to be directed in terms of these technical theological terms. In our terms, Catholic Paul. tradition, yeah. anyway, I, I, I know that's the word we use, prevenient grace, that you wouldn't recognise it or have that hunger in the first place if you hadn't already experienced God. Yes. And it's a very comforting thing. Um, finally, you talk about contrast and paradox has been described as truth standing on its head to get attention. And Advent is a time that is looking for our attention. One of the big paradoxes maybe that um, for all of the underlying all the things you're talking about is that we don't understand, we don't have to understand with our head what's going on underneath. So when Mary says, how can this be? She didn't understand, but she said, okay, I go with it. That there's something about trusting in a bigger picture and that bigger picture mightn't be clear to us now, but we know that just like the trees that are dead, there's a lot of work going on underneath and the leaves come out again in the spring, only to die again in the autumn. Yeah, of course, as a theologian, I'm professionally obliged to remind people that our job is for our faith to seek understanding. And I don't ever want to write a blank check where people can say, I don't need to work this out for myself. That having been said, God throughout salvation history has demonstrated a remarkable ability to completely surprise us. Nobody anticipated that the fulfilment of the long hope of Israel would be a baby born to a virgin in a place set aside for animals. Um, This is not a good, logical, strategically efficient way to save the world. Uh, Babies are incapable of doing anything for themselves and they're utterly dependent. So that seems like a poor place to start uh, if we're going to defeat death and overcome the ravages of sin. So uh, there is a sense in which uh, faith is the ongoing process of putting one step ahead of ourselves by saying yes to God like Mary did, even though we don't yet understand what we're saying yes to. And then the second step kind of brings us up to speed. God will again surprise us. For those of us who are experiencing a difficult Advent, who are not looking forward to Christmas, who don't find this to be the happiest time of the year, I I think there is great solace and consolation in remembering that God has surprised us before and we can trust that he will surprise us again. There are new things coming and after the winter must come spring. So keep the faith.